0: Hi everyone and welcome back to Impressionable. This week I'm joined by Harry, who is also known as the Champagne Socialist on TikTok. Harry, how you doing?
1: I'm very well, how are you?
0: Yeah, good, <clears throat> thanks. How are you finding the weather?
1: Oh, Beautiful. I think it's, you know, I mean, with this time last year, you know, we were all sweltering away trying to, you know, not look like gammon stakes. And now it's like, we're we're trying not to get flooding. I've got um, roadworks outside my house at the moment, mm-hmm. basically preparing our drains um so you know they definitely picked the right time to do it uh, so i don't think anyone will be complaining complaining anytime soon about um flooding on the streets anymore but we'll okay. guess we'll see
0: i know well i saw that it was like the hottest july on record and everyone was like the uk did not participate in that group assignment <laughs> no
1: they didn't and then it basically stuff like that you get the the sort of the anti-climate change uh, lobbyists who can then try and use that and it's like well Climate change doesn't just mean it's going to get ridiculously hot. It also means that, you know, it's also going to get incredibly wet. So yeah. in the UK, we're kind of in a weird situation where we can be prone to very extreme heat waves like we saw last year and then uh, sort of flash flooding like we've seen in Yorkshire over the last few years um, because we don't have the infrastructure in place. I remember London uh, got completely flooded a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I think, um, what was the train station? Was it London Bridge? No, might have been there was that the, i don't know if you remember there was footage from the uh a tube station that had been completely flooded i think they Thames barrier and it, yeah so i mean i mean who knows but yeah it's um yeah the, i mean the weather isn't the best at the moment but thankfully i'm going to Greece in about a week or so cool. so i'll be um i'll hopefully be dealing with nicer weather though they've got the whole forest fire situation so I guess we'll see
0: you just can't escape the climate crisis you know it's I can't
1: <laughs> no that's why I talk about it
0: yeah no it's so inconvenient and <laughs> um, so for those that don't know you and what you get up to can you give us a bit of an introduction
1: um so I produce political content on TikTok and I share it on uh, Twitter and Instagram as well um I've been going for three years now and well nearly three years in in October and this started as a university project um and then because of its success I continued it. I'm now on hundred and forty thousand followers, I think. I might have hit hundred and forty two thousand I think today. Um I don't really keep track as much yeah. um, he says that given precise numbers <laughs> um, but no um, yeah I, so I and I cover politics um, UK mainly sometimes looking at the US I'm sure we'll be looking at the US very soon with the mm. presidential uh, election coming up um, sometimes stuff in Europe um, particularly when we look at situations like with the refugee crisis and with, with the EU from time to time um, and then I also just kind of do basic sort of social commentary um, I think particularly with uh, one of my interests is football so there's a lot of issues going on in football at the moment and sort of trying mm. to cover them and th- those can be hit and miss I think because my audience is quite varied but then I think uh, some of them may not be that interested in it but it, I think it's interesting and, and I and I want to talk about it.
0: Yeah well, what team do you support?
1: I support Liverpool so like Same. we're not I thought so I thought so no it's um yeah, I'm not really looking forward. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to this season. I think we'll either win the lot or we're going to have a, a bit of the s- same season like last year. Yeah. I don't like the whole idea. I don't know what you're, how you're feeling with the whole, we were promised a rebuild at the start of this transfer window. and Currently, all we've got is Alexis McAllister and Sabosloy which I'm happy about. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think with the whole situation with um Lavia that I've been reading up on and it's like mm-hmm. the fact that a championship club uh, can afford to like reject at £40 million pounds for, for a 19-year-old player it says a lot about the, the state of the EFL and a lot of the issues within football, with how m- 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 uh, prevalent money is. So, yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll see. pre seasons looks OK, but then it's pre-season. Um, and I think if we base off anything off the Community Shield last year when Harlem was missing sitters and Darwizzi was performing and then Luke Kulis to the treble at the end of the, at the, end of the year. Uh, no. So, yeah, I guess we'll oh, see.
0: Yeah, you're right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but the question that I ask everyone to start the podcast off is what's something that's made an impression on you recently?
1: Um, football manager. So um. I started, so no, literally, so I started, so I was recovering from <laughs> surgery and I was getting bored of just like sitting around and just like doing fuck all because I, I had surgery on my foot. So I was basically just like, I had to have my feet up the whole time. Yeah. And I thought I'm getting bored of just like watching Disney Plus and, you know, kind of just doing TikTok because I was still working. So like mm. I was because I was able to. Um, and so I was like, I need something else to do. And so I thought, well, I've always played FIFA and I've always heard about Football Manager. Why don't I download Football Manager? And it's probably one of the best and the worst things I've ever done because I find it a really interesting game. and It is mm. also incredibly distracting and time flies past when you're playing it. And I, I hate the person that I've become start using all sort of this technical terminology and you, you look at yourself in the mirror and you think shut up you're not <laughs> um so i'm yeah so i i think i i enjoy it but i i don't like the the person that I've sort of become playing it that being said i mean I, I can't stop playing it because of how addictive it is it, it is like it yeah. is a form of gambling really mm. you have a good run and then you, you do really well or like you're having a really shit run and then you um decide oh i'm gonna, I'm gonna log off in a bit and then you win a game. You're like, no, we're back. We're back. We're, 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 we're going to play a bit more. And then before you know it, it's like three o'clock in the morning. You're like, I should be in bed because I'm getting up yeah. at six o'clock tomorrow.
0: So when Klopp leaves Liverpool, which we hope is not for a very long <laughs> time, you're ready to take over the reign. I'm
1: ready to go. I'll tell you a funny story about Jürgen Klopp. My mother met him in Greece. My mum lives in oh, Greece. Yeah. And... She doesn't follow football, she doesn't know anything not anything really about the sport, like post-forest in the 80s, because she is from Nottingham. Mm. Um, and she they, her and my dad were staying somewhere in Greece, and she had dropped her glasses, and then she said, This German guy in a baseball cap mm. came over and said, Oh, these are your glasses, and you, you dropped them. My mother, my mother was like, Oh, okay. No, didn't my father looks completely incredulous, and <laughs> my mum's like, Why are you looking like that? that's the pool manager, Jurgen Klopp. And she went, uh... so she texts me very sort of nonchalant saying, oh, um, apparently I've just met Jurgen Klopp. I was at uni at the time. <laughs> I kept my phone on me for the whole, I, I kept my phone on me like on the table there in the case that she decided to FaceTime him. Oh, um, yeah. so I could say hello. But then I thought, I don't know whether she went over and said, my son's a big fan. Can you, could you like send him a message? And then uh, pops me at the time, 21 years old going,
0: yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, but yeah,
1: no, um, so yeah, I, I, he's very special to me. I think because of the success that he's brought to Liverpool, and also that he found my mum's glasses. So uh, you know, he's a he's a good man on and off the pitch. And yeah, I love
0: sounds like top bloke. We love that. Um, yeah, but cool. let's we'll move away from football a bit because that's not what this yeah. episode's about. This episode's <laughs> obviously about the way that you do and politics more broadly. Um, but I just wanted to get into the process. You kind of mentioned this a bit earlier on, but how did you manage to create such a big platform? Where did it start? Is it, is it uni, like you said?
1: Yeah, so it was a university project. Um, I started doing a module called Politics and Action in my second year of university at De Montfort. And because of the COVID restrictions in place, we had to outside the box really you typically what you would have done is you would have gone and worked at say like a local council um, a homeless charity a mm-hmm. uh, food bank maybe you would have engaged in politics in the wider community um but because of the COVID restrictions in place we didn't do that so we decided uh to use social media which is what i, I decided to do um and i kind of had i want to say i had a big following on tiktok i had maybe like a couple hundred followers um because i had done love island parodies prior to cool doing TikTok so my first viral videos were actually Love Island parodies which (laughs) I always find really funny to look back on I think I actually remember there was a much bigger creator than me at the time who actually copied word for word pretty much my content and there was no credit whatsoever which really miffed me and when I when I pulled him up on it he 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 wasn't really happy with me but then I felt a bit weird because I think he was a lot younger than me I was 20 when I started doing TikTok Mm. Um, so I've been doing that for three years I'm 23 now Um, but yeah no the politics just started so this would have been around sort of September October 2020 when we were dealing with all sorts of shenanigans obviously with COVID and the way our government was handling it so there was a lot to talk about Um, And, yeah, my page just kind of grew from there, really. So when May rolled about and I kind of completed the module, I thought, well, I've got this. I've got this page. I might as well continue it. And then, yeah, basically from then, it's grown to to what it is now. And and I'm I'm very grateful for it.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like your opinions have changed since you started it? Because obviously... Oh, yeah,
1: definitely. If anyone's
0: been on your page, you're pretty left wing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so... I definitely say when I first started, I was more sort of center left. Yeah. Um, and I think as I've gotten older and sort of been exposed to new ideas and sort of seen the, the things that are going on, I definitely shifted more leftwards. And I think that's, too, rare. I think, obviously, as I mentioned, sort of being exposed to new ideas, going to, to events and speaking to people and, and understanding their points of view. And also, I think just my own personal experiences um, have sort of helped shape me i it's why i'm not really a big fan of the whole like oh you've only realized something is bad now because it's happened to you sort of mm-hmm. thing um because like sometimes you need it to happen to you to make you realize uh, to make you realize how bad it is that being said i think at the last election i i, I kind of basically it was like um a lot of people voting conservative because they thought they'd be ruining other people's lives and then obviously things that have happened it's you know it makes people realize and i think people are waking up but i don't think if you look at current polling the 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 it's obviously not going in the conservatives favor but i don't think that's sort of anything to do with labor i think that's more just people are are fucked off with with the government um but Mm -hmm. i guess we'll see what happens in next year um but yeah no as for my yeah i think definitely as i've um started doing tiktok my views have definitely changed
0: yeah, because you mentioned that things had shifted when you were able to go back into communities again and you get invited to like um, yeah. strikes and stuff and you speak to people there.
1: Yeah, I think that was it. So, like, um, I w- attended the TUC demo that happened last year before the RMT strikes and I was invited there by the comms director of the CWU who I knew prior to that and I'd covered the TUC demos uh, before the opportunity to come along and cover it um, popped up. And I think that weekend really sort of changed my perspective on a lot of things, meeting sort of trade unionists who obviously I knew of, but I never really met more than say one at a time and to be able to understand their their thoughts and feelings. And I think people kind of perceive trade unionists a lot of the time of being sort of these ardent hard left sort of uh, Maoists. And it's like, no, they're just ordinary people who want fair working conditions and, and pay. And I think, is that too much to ask for? No. Um, and that's what everybody deserves. And, yeah, I definitely think that's why I think with the trade union movement, it's so good. And I would recommend to everyone listening, join a union. There, There is a union for everyone. Uh, the, the thing that always pops up is, well, if I'm self-employed. And it's like the union is called community. 15,000 strong, join it. Um, and that's like the actual name of the union. It's not like communities. <laughs> and like just want to make that very clear. But yeah, no, I, I definitely say. So my support for, I think, yeah. I think also like a lot of the time, if I haven't covered something, it's not because I haven't disagreed with it or, agreed with it i think it's more just i haven't really looked into it and then sometimes when you look into an idea it's like oh my god i think this is a really good idea i want to share it with everyone yeah um and also i think just because i follow the news cycle so when something is big in the news obviously i'm going to talk about it um so yeah and i guess with, with strike action becoming so big in sort of June 2022 that's why I, I've talked about it a lot since because we've had so many and you yeah. know people want to hear about it and understand why people are going on strike
0: yeah of course do you think people come to you for information or do you think they come to you because you kind of exist in this like echo chamber and like they just kind of want to hear your hot takes I don't,
1: <laughs> I don't know I, I find it flattering that people came to me for information because I, I'm, I'm incredibly biased <laughs> I'm not like if you're coming to me for impartiality, you're coming to the wrong person because I'm not <laughs> impartial at all. And I think I tried to be at the start, but then I think when you're covering certain topics, like when the government voted to starve children, uh, when they rejected the uh, free school meals extension scheme over the term holidays, how can you be impartial when you're talking about hungry kids? You can't. Mm. Um, there's no excuse. Feed them. It's not their fault it's not really the parents fault either the, cir- the, per- the pandemic changed everyone's circumstances people who were in very stable jobs found themselves being made redundant because of the circumstance in place particularly in like the aviation industry for example mm. people working in airports because there wasn't a the demand the demand for them because people weren't flying so yeah I think definitely with the whole yeah as with the whole echo chamber thing I I would say my audience is pretty varied so I mean I Look at the numbers. My following is predominantly people aged between 18 to 24, and it's probably some of it's probably younger than that. But I think TikTok only takes uh data 18 and over. Yeah, um it's concentrated mostly in like university cities, so your Londons, your Glasgow's, Bristol, um places like that, which is to be expected because obviously young people do tend to be uh, young people in, in sort of university towns do tend to be more left wing, so maybe it makes sense that they would follow me um so yeah i mean i still attract a mixed crowd i still get called a curly head cunt most most days and i wouldn't change that for the world um (laughs) i i I revel in it to be honest it used it really like affected me at the start i must say i didn't expect some of the backlash in terms of like me saying certain things Mm. so having to deal with that i think because I no one had ever really, obviously you hear about it, but no one had ever like said, "Oh yeah, by the way, you might expect this." Because I didn't really have any like
0: helping no. hand
1: through a lot of it until yeah. much later when I built up a bit more of a platform. Um, so I think it definitely did affect me at the start, but now I've just kind of got to the point where I, I kind of screenshot the best ones and and laugh about them really because that's but I think that's just my way of dealing with it. Other people have different ways, but for me that's how I that's sort of how I take it, and I don't really block people either. Because I think if you're making me laugh this much, like why would I get rid of you? Like you're adorable. <laughs> it's um it's really sweet, and I think it's also like the stitches sometimes where people like stitch my content. And my favourite one is like when it's really grainy footage, and like people will, they're they're clearly really angry with you, but I don't think they really know what for. Mm-hmm. And like there was this one guy like when um, Sarah Everard was killed by Wayne Cousins, and I was doing videos sort or of talking about it um and it was about like the, the idea of curfew for men was being suggested it wasn't actually a, a legitimate policy proposal at all it was just yeah. to like get a conversation going and i was talking about it saying well guys like if we feel uh, like basically like curfews for men obviously is a, a new idea but obviously curfews for women have existed long before because you know when uh, the yorkshire ripper was happening women were told to sort of stay indoors past a certain time Um, the idea of like, don't wear this, don't wear that, make yourself as small as possible. There's always been these restrictions in place when it hasn't been the fault of women. I was talking about that. A lot of people got angry about that. And I remember this one guy, like, very grainy footage, sort of shouting at me down his phone. I spent the whole time looking at him thinking, cocaine looks amazing. Like, because his eyes were so fucking wide. And I guess it was during the pandemic. So, you know, people were on all sorts of shit. But like, yeah, it was, I found it quite funny. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't really affect me anymore. I I just kind of just watch and a lot of them don't even get that many views anyway so like Mm
0: -hmm. like you've just
1: wasted like 10 minutes of your time
0: yeah do you ever get like more of a debate going or is it people just trolling like do you ever get any
1: sometimes i think there are some people
0: Alan Gage. yeah
1: i think there are some people in my comments who want to try and start debates with me but i just can't be asked because i post at eight o'clock and i look at my i look at the post about an hour and 37 minutes after i've posted it um because that's just little things that I do. <laughs> By the time I actually look at the comments, it's like half 10 at night. I can't be asked to have a discussion with most of you. I can't even be asked to have a discussion with like myself sometimes. I mean, like it's... And also like, there's nothing that I can say or do that's going to change someone's mind on some of these things. And some people obviously will just say stuff to try and get a rise out of people because some people do have degradation kinks. Um, but I mean, I don't, I don't get it. Like, and I, I guess it's like if you're do, you're trying to go out your way to make people upset, and it's like, what do you actually achieve with that? Because digital footprint is real. If you are saying that with like your full government name on show, I can look you up mm-hmm. and I can see. I could be a right cunt and like send details to people's employers. I don't do that because
0: mm-hmm.
1: I believe in karma, and I think you know it will get people someday. Um, but yeah, I I just find the whole thing really. I don't really know how to describe it. It's just, I don't know. Like I just look at some people and it's like, what happened to shame? Like,
0: it just seems like it's not really affecting you that much.
1: Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, but I mean like there are other times where I feel like you have to be seen to be doing something. I don't know. I feel like it depends on certain things. So like I did a video on Mason Greenwood the other day. And I don't know if people are familiar with the case that are listening, but basically he is a, he used to play for Manchester United and his girlfriend posted evidence that uh, he was abusing her. Hmm. And, the clubs. The season starts next week, and the club still haven't confirmed whether he's going to be playing or not. Um, I basically did a video saying all sorts, and I got these people sort of trying to defend what he did. And it's like, well, we all saw the same footage. We all saw. We all heard the same audio. We all saw the same photos. Why are you defending someone like that? And to be honest, I think if you're defending that. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, sometimes I want to have a discussion, especially if someone has said something wrong and it's like, perhaps I'm being a bit of a prick and I'm like, I can make you look like a right knob. But then I, I think I've stopped doing that yes. now because I think that doesn't achieve anything. Like what does that achieve? I end up looking more like the dickhead. Um, mm. And I think because of the way that I speak and my social background, I think it can kind of look like, you know, like laughing at people who aren't as, well versed on this stuff it's why like you know like the james o'brien show and if you follow that on lbc no, no. there's an lbc show called james james o'brien show and i like james o'brien um but i think he kind of became really big for like debunking brexit arguments people were like phoning in with saying like yes. oh we're going to get this from brexit and all this and he was basically just saying no you're not and i think it's entertaining but then i also think on the flip side it it kind of making people look silly just kind of entrenches their views a bit more.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah.
1: At the end of the day, you've got like a couple million um, views on a clip and you're, you're the biggest uh, listened to show on LBC. But you know, at the end of the day, most people just come away feeling really silly and that's, you know, people can react one or two ways. So yeah, I think it's um, zip one. That being said, I do like, I do like James O'Brien and I do like listening to the show. Um, But yeah,
0: yeah no I do get you and onto politics more more as a section of this podcast when we last spoke you were talking about how where because we were just kind of jostling about being left-wing and all the reasons that we are but you said that we were the first generation to be worse off than their parents Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to dive into that because I really feel it too and I think my dreams of home ownership are out the window like I think everyone's are. So, what is yeah. what's going on?
1: Well, this is the thing. I mean, yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of content with the idea. I'm 23 years old, and I'll never own my own home. The only way I'm going to own my own home is if you know one of my my parents dies, yes. or I have some wealthy ancestor who I've never heard of that leaves me a considerable amount of money. Yeah, um, and I so the best of my my knowledge, I don't have any of those. The issue I think is basically our rents are higher than ever before. Our wages are lower. We've had real-term pay cuts. Give me an example. Doctors are, um, if you look at the pay rise they were asking for, and people are going, that's unreasonable. If you look since 2008, they've had a 35% pay cut in real terms. Um, Most of the wage increases that you've seen offered to uh, public sector workers in real terms are pay cuts because they're below the line of inflation. That's what real-term pay cuts mean. So basically, to people listening, let's say inflation at the moment, I think, is at 8.7%, I think. If I give you a pay rise of 6%, that's, um, hmm. what, 2.7 points below inflation. So I've given you a, a real terms pay cut. Um, yeah, and I also think in terms of like housing stock, we don't have enough people don't want to build houses it's very funny listening to people who you know were able to buy their houses for like 20 quid in a packet of marble reds uh, tell me how to save money and buy a house and it's like you don't know what it's like Mm. unfortunately a lot of the housing stock has been bought up and it's now being rented out privately Mm. um, which is an absolute scam Um, you know I thought university housing was bad in terms of trying to get a, a decent rental contract but I think now it's even worse my brother's going to university next year sort of looking at the fees that he's paying and i think how much i was paying um only four years ago and it shot Mm -hmm. up massively Mm -hmm. and people are being priced out it's worse if you're single as well yeah um i think you have to save up i think for eight years now to get a deposit in order to afford a a deposit it's it's been it's fucking insane and all all the meanwhile it's like we're the ones being blamed for the issues you know we're being told, "Oh, don't subscribe to Netflix or Disney Plus. Um, don't have avocado on toast. Um, you know those children you had when you were financially secure, but now you're not. Why did you have them? Like, don't have kids you can't afford." Um, and it's like that silliness of it. And I, I you know, I I really struggle with it. My my dad, I think, the other day was trying to say, "Well, actually, you don't need to say it. it's not." And I was like, "Shut up! Like, right, stop!" Like because you don't understand what it's like. If you think like starting graduate salary now is like what twenty four thousand pounds, that's nothing. That is honestly nothing. Especially you break that if you down. Yeah, I know. But this this is the thing. Like we've we've reached the point now where the poor are getting poorer and the wealthier are getting wealthier, um, and no one wants to want well, no one wants to address it. It's basic exploitation we have you know companies boasting record profits meanwhile their customers are suffering Mm. british gas recording a billion pounds worth of profits the times investigation found that they were going into homes um, and installing paper um paper use meters and that's how they've made most of their profits Um, and obviously the crisis in in ukraine with the war and everything going on but if you look here in the uk like we only think only like four four percent of our gas Mm. was imported from from russia and look at the price of every we have the highest bills in 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 the in the in the in the in, the, in Europe uh, and this this is the thing like nobody seems to really care um but yeah no i as i said i'm kind of i'm stupidly content and i don't want to be i want to be more angry but then i'm like well if i get more angry like what's that actually going to solve but i think nothing will really change and the whole time we're all going to be scapegoated for it um, yeah
0: no, I feel like that too, like when I really sit down and think about the issue, I just get so livid and then I'm like, I can't live this angry, like I just have to let something go, otherwise I wouldn't be able to, how can I go to work when I'm thinking yeah. about, the, like the climate emergency as well, I'm like how can new g- gas and oil licences be renewed, this is obscene, like. It's
1: interesting you mentioned that because I did a video on that the other day and it got taken down by TikTok for misinformation, um, <laughs> I know. I get wow, some bullshit I don't even know how because, like, I mean, it's a well known fact that oil and gas drilling is contributing to climate change. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. TikTok sometimes don't know their ass from their elbow. <laughs> um, honestly, like, it's stupid. I've had people comment all sorts of racist shite on my posts and I report it
0: mm.
1: and nothing gets done. But I mock Andrew Tate fans and I'm getting taken down for hate speech and it's like, Okay, everything I said was true, though. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I I think the whole thing is, yeah. Sorry, what were we talking about?
0: Just like how there's a general guess sense of apathy because it's just too much to actually contend with.
1: Well, yeah, I think this, the thing, there's so many issues going on at, at once. So people can't, and I think people are good at managing their time, but it's like there's so many that you can't equally divide your time up to, to deal with all of them. So when it comes to to stuff like this, you know, people will focus on different things and say, we should be focusing on this because it's more important. And now someone will go, actually, no, I think we should be focusing on this. And that's where the the the, sort of the division is. And a lot of it has just been created by political choices. You know, austerity, for example, was probably the biggest, one of the worst things that has been committed to this country in the last sort of, 20 years, I would say. Um Three hundred and thirty thousand people killed by those uh, measures that George Osborne brought in, and nobody batten either. But someone throws confetti at him at his wedding, and suddenly it's all all hell breaks loose. And I've got no sympathy for the guy. The only time he should be entering a church is to beg forgiveness for all the lives that he killed. Um So yeah, I'm, and I think with with the other stuff like the whole Greenpeace protest the other day when they went to Sunak's house, and this is this is what's interesting, right? With groups like Just Stop Oil, Extinction Rebellion, Insulate Britain, the common thing you will hear is like, oh, I would support those groups if they weren't inconveniencing the general public. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, they're, they're, they're targeting the wrong people. They should be going after the people there. Or we need to be more like the French. I fucking hate that phrase, by the way. I say it all the time, but I see some people say it and it's like, shut the fuck up.
0: Why do up. you hate that phrase?
1: Right. So, like, I know a fair few French people and I've said it in the past. And I think, but the way that, well, the reason that the French protest and the way they protest is entirely different. To the UK, and a lot of the people that say it get really like pissed off with the way that people in the UK protest. Like, we want like French style protests, but just stop oil stand in the middle of the road because they're trying to draw attention to the climate crisis. And people are like, "I am going to run them over." So Mm. that's that's where my issue comes Mm. from, and this links to the next point. So when these activist groups go to the homes of the politicians that are causing these issues, um, and suddenly it's like, "No, that's not that's not on," and it's Mm. like. Neva is issuing hundreds of new oil and gas licenses, which, by the way, Rishi Sunak's, um, wife's, uh, Rishi Sunak's wife has, uh, I can't remember, she's got a stake in Infosys, which is her father's company. Um, Infosys recently signed a £1.5 billion deal with BP to be their primary um, application services provider, and the CEO of Shell sits on Rishi Sunak's business council. And the fact that uh, about months later, these new uh, hundreds of new oil and gas licenses have been issued. It, it's incredibly dodgy. Um, mm. So yeah, I, I don't understand why people don't pay attention to this stuff more seriously, but I guess this thing It's like you try and draw attention to these issues and TikTok doesn't pick it up because I'm kind of reliant on the TikTok algorithm and people taking an interest in what I've got to say. What I think maybe the most interesting thing that people should know, people don't want to hear it. And that's, it's annoying. Yeah. Um, But then I sound really self-righteous saying that. It's like, um, yeah, I guess it's trying to find the balance, really.
0: Yeah. I think the other thing as well is, like, we've already spoken about this, but the lack of real representation that people feel like they they have because at the moment, really very uninspiring out there. You know, it doesn't feel like any real change is coming, even if we get a new government.
1: Yeah. Well, obviously, this is... Oh, I'm still there. Um, Okay. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like this is—if you look at the opposition at the moment—I've my views on the opposition have changed over the last few years. I think sort of 2020, because I'm a member of the Labour Party. Um, I voted for Keir Starmer and Angela Rayner to become leader and deputy leader, respectively. I used to kind of operate on the stance of well, we just got to get the Tories out, and not really focusing on what was coming in. And I think definitely since like the strike action and everything that's been going on, looking at the the way that Labour have handled it in terms of how they've dealt uh, and responded to the strikes that have been going on. It has been, I think I tried to rationalise it in my head, where basically the Conservatives were very keen to present the strikes that were going on as Labour strikes, as in they were being coordinated by the Labour Party. Now, the RMT, for example, hasn't been affiliated with the Labour Party since 2004. Um, And also, I think if if people want to play funds 2, the Conservatives definitely don't want to be playing that game. Um, and I kind of, yeah, so basically I thought, well, basically if, if front bench Labour politicians are seen on the picket lines, it will kind of allow the Tories to present this image as it, as it being Labour coordinated strikes. But then you think, well, hang on, why are they they going on strike? Well, it's for fair wages and fair terms and conditions. That's something that the Labour Labour Party was built upon trade unions coming together and seeking representation and democracy. So yeah, should 100% be behind this? And yeah, I guess I've kind of become more frustrated. I think definitely as trans rights have taken more, the, the whole culture war around trans issues is kind of plaguing our, our political discourse. And I feel that Labour were pretty set in stone saying, you know, trans women are women and we support reform to the Gender Recognition Act. And now it's like, oh, but you know, those 13 votes in some obscure seat that we really need are really important. So we're going to pretend that we're just going to throw everyone under the bus for our own gain. It's so, it is frustrating. I mean, I'm not trans. Um, I know, I do know trans people and I've got a fair uh, fair few people who follow me are, are trans and like, you see them in the comments and it's like, they just want to exist. Like, they just want the same rights as everyone else. They just want to be acknowledged and, and respected. Um, and the, the whole vitriol surrounding them, the whole, sort of, that transphobia rots your brain and makes you look clapped. I don't understand why people do it. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it does break your heart. And I think definitely to see Labour basically kind of row back on it and use it like a political football issue, it's like, what do you gain from that? Because at the end of the day, like people aren't gonna trust you. And nobody owes you their vote. Like you've got to go out there and earn vote. I don't think calling voters uh, fucking morons like some political content creators have is particularly helpful i think at the end of the day mm-hmm. the political party has to earn has to earn those votes and if people don't want to vote for them then look at the reasons why they're not mm-hmm. voting for you mm-hmm. and if that's something that you can change or work on then do it if it's something stupid like i don't know i don't know like say like oh, i'm not gonna vote for you because you think trans women are women all right okay goodbye like mm-hmm. we don't we don't need you mm-hmm. um but I think if it's just like, you know and but actually you look at why people don't want to support you and, and look into that. Um but yeah, I mean they'll probably win the next election, but I don't think anyone's got any I I'm not optimistic really anymore. If you'd asked me three years ago, I would have said that I was, but I think now I'm 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 not really.
0: Yeah, I think it's a massive shame, especially when they're almost guaranteed the election. Like you said they could be a bit more inventive. They could you be see, a bit a thing I
1: think is So, yeah, if you look at the polling, but the thing is like, the polls aren't Mm. that accurate. So if you look at like before the 2019 election, it was looking like, oh, it's going to be a hung parliament and obviously the Conservatives get that 80 seat majority. So I think it's difficult. Also, I think in terms of like social media, for example, which does tend to be used more by particularly something like Twitter, for example, I won't call it X, it's Twitter. um, It does tend to be more sort of left wing. I, I suppose so obviously you're going to see more sort of left wing idea not really under since Elon Musk has taken over it's kind of now become mm. you know a blue tick used to be a sign of like um, uh, respectability and um, uh, sort of oh that person is a legitimate source of, of information and now it's yeah. like oh that person's a Nazi so it's trying to find that it's it's really taken a toll but yeah i guess if, if you had asked me in, when you asked me in 2019 i thought oh yeah labour are going to win or it's going to be a progressive alliance it will be a coalition mm. i would never have predicted a tory win not at least not one like that mm. so yeah i mean i don't know but i think if you look at the deputy chairman of the of the conservative party Lee anderson he said the only way the conservatives are going to win the next election is by fighting culture wars so trans rights immigration if you look today he said that um if immigrants don't want to go on uh, prison barges which have been uh, set up now which is a real great thing for our country um i'm in my eyes for people listening um it's uh, you know and he said well, if they don't like it they should fuck off back to france um you know that this is where we are and i think the next election this is why i don't understand like with with labor for example on, on trans issues most people don't You're either in the... Keir Starmer is a transphobic person or you're in the Keir Starmer doesn't know what a woman is camp. The next election will just be clips by the Tories asking Labour politicians, what is a woman? That will be the clips that they just constantly post, post, trying to like... Because it it is sad to say, but I think there'll be some people where that that decides how they vote. And you think your wages are are stagnating. You can't afford a house. You can't afford to have children. Um, you can't afford to go on holiday. You can't afford to live, right? You can't afford to do anything, and yet you're going to vote for the people that have caused that, because the other side don't know what, because you think the other side don't know what a woman is. It's like, come on. Yeah. But then I think there are re- reasons why perhaps people shouldn't vote Labour. But I guess I guess we'll see. But with the um, with immigration as well, I think it's so it's so tiring, and I think trying to talk about this stuff, you kind of feel like you're just shouting into the into the void, and nothing's really getting heard
0: yeah i know would you ever go into politics yourself
1: no i'd rather eat shit um no i'd be perfectly honest with you if you'd asked me a couple of years ago i would have said yes
0: so what's uh, turned you off
1: i think as i've kind of gotten older this was an interesting thing because my mother always used to say this to me i say i'm going to go into politics and she was like i don't think you want to <laughs> and i think as i've gotten older i've kind of realized that she was right <laughs> which is kind of like a repeating thing now as i've gotten older mm. um but yeah, I, I guess I think it's just like you, you think you can go in and create a lot of change and then basically the media machine will completely eat you alive. I think people will get corrupted. This is what I'm sort of scared of. I already get accused of like being motivated by money and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And there's no evidence to those claims whatsoever. It's just, oh, you, you can now afford to make. You can now you, you, your content is now monetized. You you make money from your content. It's like yeah, because that's something that's been made possible by people watching and, and listening and engaging with me. Um, I haven't been motivated to change my views for money at all, and I reject any accusation of that. And I look forward to seeing proof from people if they are making those claims. Um, so yeah, it's it is difficult, um, but yeah, no, I I just think and also like I don't want that level of scrutiny. I think. This is going to sound really, because obviously it doesn't happen, but like, I don't know, like the idea of like just walking about and like just getting like spat on or something like that, Like maybe that could happen to me now, but it probably wouldn't because I feel like I'm, I'm kind of blending with everyone else. Yeah. Um, And when people have like come up and said hello, it's always been very nice, but there is always that thing in the back of your head, like someone asks you like who you are, if oh, are you so-and-so and you're like, oh, how's this going to go? Especially with if you're mm-hmm. with other people as well. Um, But, yeah, I I don't know. I just wouldn't want that level of scrutiny. And, I mean, I don't know. I like being the hater. I don't want to be the person who provides the solutions. Or I'll provide solutions from the confines of my home. Or, like, you know, out and about. I don't want to be... I don't know. I just think, yeah, I think I, I kind of... I sort of respect people who go into it. But then I also think a lot of people just kind of go into it for their own interests or career politicians. So, yeah, I'm not really... I don't have any interest of going into politics or anything like that maybe i'd say maybe being more involved in trade union movements because i think there's a lot of work to be done there
0: yeah
1: um and sort of activist things so i think that's where the real that's where the real kind of power is and the real opportunity to make changes and to sort of advocate for stuff um but yeah no i think the idea of being a, an elected official um it's not very appealing to me um yeah
0: I get that. Would you ever join like a, a campaign trail or anything as an alternative?
1: No, it's quite funny because I'm obviously been a member of the Labour Party, but it's quite funny because I keep getting accused of being affiliated with Just Stop Oil. I don't think it helps that when I've done videos with uh, about them, I'm Have wearing. Have
0: they contacted you before?
1: No, um, I know people within sort of the various activist movements, um, yeah. and I've spoken to them. I've had them on, had them on my podcast a few times. People from Animal Rising, for example, doesn't yeah. help that when I've like been because basically. With just stop oil because I haven't called for them to be like tried in Den Haag. Like I'm often accused of being a member, and I just want to confirm that I'm not a member of Just Stop Oil. I'm wearing an orange hoodie right now because I'm cold, um, and I always point this out at the start of the video. But I sometimes I get a notification from TikTok being like, "Oh, so and so is like you've been anonymously anonymously flagged for posting uh, content that uh, you didn't specify wasn't was branded," and it's like, oh, "Well, I didn't do that because it's not branded." Um, it's just like I don't know. Like some people have got way too much time on their hands, <laughs> and I'm like, invest this energy into getting a job, like please.
0: So it will say yeah. But what is so if no politics, no campaign, and what do you feel like you want to do down the line? Like where I where mean, are you- I like
1: doing what I'm doing right now, and I feel like I'm doing quite well. I'm enjoying yeah. podcasting and, and producing my own stuff and really sort of building that I think the the rate that the podcast I'm doing my podcast not to get political has grown is is phenomenal to me um particularly like the last couple of weeks it's really I think our our following doubled um off the back of some really good content so I was very happy about that and to everyone that's listening um I think maybe moving into media and sort of covering there I was always interested in becoming a journalist but I don't Really want to do like the whole. I haven't like got any formal training or anything like that. I guess mm-hmm. it's just kind of seeing where everything goes. But right now, I'm happy with how it's going. You know, I can I can make money from what, doing what I'm doing, and sort of just see where it goes. Really, um, but I mean, yeah, it, I'm I'm enjoying it, and I'm and I'm grateful to everyone who's been able to make this a possibility for me.
0: Good, and my final question, as it is for everyone, is what impression would you like to leave on the world?
1: Oh, I would like to be looked upon favourably. I think the knowledge. This is. I think everyone yeah, wants that. But I, I think, I think with everything that's going on and the way it's looking like the world is going to go, I like the idea that you know, if um, like aliens were to find our planet like, <laughs> thousands of years from now and somehow they had access to they had access to everything and they're able to see everything. I would, I would like to think that they could look upon the stuff that I've done. And hopefully I would have done more by the, by the time that happens. So it's not yeah. just like, Oh, it's called a top of MPs cunts. Um, but like, yeah, being able to sort of look and say, Oh yeah. Like they, they actually tried and to make a difference and try and do something good. Um, maybe own a house as well. <laughs> I think, I guess, I guess, I guess we'll see. Um, but who knows?
0: Nice. Well, where, where's the house going to be? Where you, Where do you think you're going to end up?
1: I don't know. Like somewhere in a city. I, I don't. I've lived in a village for most of my life, and I, I don't really like living in villages anymore. I think there's like, if you don't like drive or anything like that, it's like so difficult. Mm. I live on the outskirts of Milton Keynes, so like I'm kind of secluded. Um, but no, I don't know, I quite like it. I guess I guess we'll see as I get older. But I think just a house. I think that would be a start, an affordable one. um so please nimby stay out of my way because i want myself (laughs) attached
0: that's amazing um and if people want to reach out or where can people find you i know we talk about your tiktok but yeah
1: yeah. So you can can follow me on uh the champagne socialist on tiktok and i think that's the same as instagram i've got a link tree in the tiktok bio so you can find everything that you need um yeah and thank you to everyone that is listening and engaging with my content i really I really appreciate it. Um, You know, you've been able to make a lot of things possible for me. So um, thank you so much.
0: And your podcast is called Not To Get Political, right?
1: Called Not To Get Political and it's available on YouTube and Spotify. And um, we may do Apple podcasts soon, but at the moment we're, um, we've got everything. It's mainly just Spotify and YouTube. And also you can find the clips on TikTok as well. So um, thank you to everyone that's listening and engaging with that. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much.
0: Well, thank you so much. And yeah, I just think you've been a great guest. So thank
1: you. No, thank you for having me.
0: No, perfect.